Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The 1930s were, very, were a very difficult time to be alive. The Great Depression weighed heavily on everyone. Prohibition made it difficult to drown your sorrows. Poverty and crime were everywhere. A difficult time indeed. Our scenario is entitled Dead Border, and it was written by Todd Gardner and Mike Mason, with some slight alterations made by me. I am your GM, and we have run this one shot five times. So this is number five, or we've run it four times. This is number five. So without any further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. It's the summer of 1931, June 20th to be exact. It's not too hot, but the humidity is high, which makes it oppressive. It's also the depression and it's hit the residents of Providence, Rhode Island pretty hard. You live in Ma Shank's boarding house on the edge of Federal Hill, just outside Little Italy. Ma Shank's used to be a lot more active in the business, but due to her advanced age, a few years ago, she hired Mary Paulson to manage the building as its landlord. It's about 11 a.m. and a number of tenants, including you, have gathered together to speak to the landlady concerning one of the tenants, Mr. James Gardner, who lives on the third floor. Mr. Gardner has been a resident for a little over two years, and though he is not a very interactive man and likes his privacy, you have become concerned that he hasn't been seen for a few days, nor has he answered his door. And so you have pestered the landlady to the point that she is just about ready to give in to your demands. Look, I understand your concerns, but I just can't let you invade another tenant's room. He may simply be away on vacation. So, I, unless you can come up with a really good reason, the answer is no. Ms. Paulson, it's been weeks. I mean, what if there's a dead body in there stinking up the joint? Oh, I doubt oh. seriously that Wrong. it's anything that bad, but... And it hasn't been weeks either. It's been a few days since we've seen him. I I can tell you, Miss Paulson, he's he's been appearing in my shop. He's been visiting, and we've been looking through books. He's borrowed some books from me. I've lent some books to him. I've borrowed some books from him, and he's he hasn't shown up. He's been due to be in my shop for a visit and a tea, and I just haven't seen him. I'm I'm just starting to get concerned. Oh. Mary, this isn't like him. It's not a good thing. Not a good thing. You don't want this on your head if there is something afoot. All right, then. Let's, uh, all right. But, but you know, I don't want, we're not just going to just rush inside and look around. We're, we're just going to check and see if he's there. All right? Absolutely. Of course, Miss We'll Paulson. be careful. Just making sure Let everything's okay keys. in there. Let's see, here's my keys. All right. All right, let's go up. Let's go upstairs. So you go up to the third floor. She goes to the door. Let's see. Let me see where my key is. Mr. Gardner? Mr. Gardner, are you there? Mr. Gardner, we're going to come in if you're if you're decent please you know if you're not decent put some clothes on all right we're I coming can, in we, 
We can peek in first, Mrs. Paulson, if you're concerned about what you might see. Just hold your horses, Leo. All right. So she opens the door and swings it open. And this is what you see. My God. Oh, Man. dear God. I told you there was a stench coming from up here. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, Malone. Oh, what? The, how, oh, my. How, how horrible. Oh, no. Mary, oh, don't, don't Mary, go downstairs and call the authorities. Tommy, we, we don't have a phone in this building. Tommy, Tommy, come here. Tommy, yes. No, don't, don't go near the door. I want you to go down to the precinct office, and I want you to get the police and tell them there's been a terrible accident and uh, bring somebody back with you. Yes, go, go, go now, go now. It should take him about 20 minutes. Oh, my. Gunther starts to walk in. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to they all walk in. fill out some paperwork. And oh, this is terrible. Oh, if we this, should open a window. If, if this gets out, um, it's going to ruin me. Oh, dear God. Um, uh, I'll, I'll be back in a few moments. Please don't. Don't. Just, just. And she turns around and walks away. She looks very upset. All right. Did somebody say they were going to open a window? Me, yes. All right, you can open the window behind him. Um, let's go down the list this is, and see. This is taking Gunther's uh, breath away. Gunther is going to have a seat at the desk to uh, to try and uh, collect himself. Oh, my. Okay, yeah. so Gunther, you're sitting at the desk by the table, uh, the, the one on the, the bottom. Yes. So... Uh, Gunter has stepped inside and he's sitting at the table uh, on the, the south end of the room. Uh, uh, Tony, what are you going to do as you come in? Um, I'm going to go over to where Gunter is sitting. Okay. And uh, just kind of see how he's doing. See if okay. he's all right. All right. So you're standing there. Um, Kyle. What are you going to do? Yeah, the initial shock is just hit Kyle, and I think he'll maneuver over just to in between the um, the two tables on the right hand side. I just have my hand over my mouth, oh, sort okay. of in disbelief, looking at the body. Okay. And, and uh, Leo, what are you going to do? Well, I've opened the window. Um, to let some fresh air in, saying, "Oh, this is horrible! This okay. is horrible! It's like one of those books in my stories." All right, so you're standing over there, and then Braun, what are you going to do? So Braun is not feeling quite as reverent as the rest of the group. He's going to start to scan the room, uh, looking for pot potential items of uh, significant value. Okay, so you're standing near the door. Perfect. All right, let me let me go around and sort of describe what you see in the room as you're there. Um, where Gunter is sitting, there is a table. Uh, sitting on the table is a, a fedora hat and a number of uh, letters and correspondence. Um, along the eastern wall up above, there are cabinets. A lot of your rooms have these. It's where you would store food and blankets and things like that. Um, in the north uh, northeast, uh, you see a table with a single setting 
for dinner, uh, it looks unused. Um, let's skip over to the other side of the room. There is a wardrobe on the south wall on the left of the door. There is a bed, a nightstand, and a bookshelf. On the floor in front of you is James Gardner. He's dressed in a suit. He's covered in blood. Uh, and there is a, an odd little piece of paper and two black candles and what looks like a little round metal um, dish. The room smells um, less of dead body and more of incense than you would expect. And of course, there's a coppery smell of blood. Um, there's a tarp on the floor, uh, which it looks like he put down to keep blood from getting on the carpet. Um, Consider it. Braun, the carpet itself looks like a very valuable um, oriental rug. Um, and um, I think that's everything that you see at this point in the room. Uh, Kyle, what would I, I'm just looking at my screen? So, Kyle, what would you do first? Um, I would have a can I can I tell exactly where it seems he the major wound is? Is it in his neck or you'll have to get closer and look? Okay, uh, don't know how you'd feel about tampering with a body. Remember, this uh, is the 1930s, so. <laughs> oh, okay. That, that is true. Fingerprints don't exist. Um, yeah, I'll go over and I'll see if I can like rotate his head a little bit, see if I can see under his neck. All right. Well, all right. If you're going for his head, um, I don't think you even need a spot hidden for this. His throat has been cut. But more severely than that, his face and his head has been cut as well. Um, you look closer at the wound and it looks like it started on the top of his head and a spiral has been cut into his skin going all the way around a couple times and finally ending with a slice across his neck. There's considerable amounts of blood. Most of the blood is... It's a little tacky or sticky, but it's mostly dry. So mm -hmm. it's been at least a couple of days. Um, do a spot hidden for me, though. That might be a pass. Bar with me. Spot hidden. Ah, uh, yes, that's a regular pass. Okay. When you're probably in distress and you can do, you'll do a sanity roll for this in a second. You'll mm -hmm. also notice that where his, his tie is removed and where his shirt is slightly open, it looks like he has wounds or scars or something on his chest as well that you've never noticed because you've never seen him without his tie and everything all the way up. Mm -hmm. So the wounds seem to travel down his neck like in his chest area well, basically these don't look as fresh mm -hmm. looks more like scars um you guys seeing this tony come over here and have a look at this 
what do you make of all this? I don't know, man. I don't know. This is, uh, I mean, somebody come in here and this is somebody... some horror movie shit right here. Yeah. I, just... I don't know. This is, uh, this is beyond me. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. I think he might have done this to himself. It's there's scar tissue around his chest from older wounds. What the, I mean, what I, the rest do you think? I mean, I've seen, I've seen some things, but uh, you know, usually when you come in and wet a guy, you don't draw circles on their face. Well, uh, well, the group is otherwise engaged with the body. Bron is going to try and slide around stealthily onto the other side of that bookshelf and start poking around. Okay. Get to you in just a moment. Tony, um, having said that, do a knowledge roll. Idea roll. Knowledge roll. That is a pass, just a normal. Um, from the markings and the blood and everything, you would guess that Mr. Gardner was kneeling, facing the window when this happened, and then he bled to death and fell over. Looks like he was, uh, I don't know, maybe he was distracted because he was kind of facing you know, toward the window. And then maybe, uh, I don't know, guy came from behind, caught him off guard. Tarp under him? Man's door was locked. Uh, Gunther's sitting at the desk. He'll take his pork pie hat off mm -hmm. and place it on top of the uh, uh, letters and correspondence and whatnot that's on the uh, desk there. And, uh, you know, just nonchalantly put his hat on top of those uh, papers, take out a kerchief and uh, begin to dab his forehead. And, uh, and then he'll, he'll look and say, um, Mr. Malone, what, what, are you, what, are, what are those little things on the floor by Mr. Gardner? And try and get uh, uh, Kyle and Tony to kind of look at the, the items on the uh, tarp over by Mr. Gardner. And as they, assuming, draw their attention to the items, um, return my kerchief and then kind of slide my pork pie hat and the uh, correspondence underneath a little closer to me and then kind of move the hat off to the side a bit and kind of start leafing through and seeing what's on the desk here. Okay. Uh, when you when you do that, first, the first part of that, Leo... You're actually standing right there by the window. So you're standing right next to the, the, the things on the floor. Do you want to do anything? Well, if I'm standing right there, I'm sure after I open the window, my, my initial thought as Mr. Gardner is a friend of mine is to turn around and examine as they're, they're looking at him and I take a look at those things as well. I mean, okay. what are these things? Do I recognize them? There are, there are two small black candles. The black candles seem to have burned all the way to the bottom and there's just remnants left. Um, the 
the little uh, round circular, it looks like it's made out of brass uh, dish, uh, seems to have ashes in it that, that you can tell is probably incense of some sort that he was burning. The piece of paper, uh, if you look down and you pick it up, it, well, you probably don't pick it up, but you look down and you see it, uh, it looks like this. Gentlemen, this isn't, this isn't Greek. Hmm. Interesting. It is Very Greek. interesting. Yes, you identify it immediately. Without a roll. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do you have Greek? Yes, I do. You want to make Not your Greek roll? The character. Yes, I would, please. That's a 58, and that, I believe, oh, my, I actually printed out my character sheet for a change. Language. By the way, in this game, you can spend as much luck as you want. I'm sorry, this is, I have ancient Greek. I do not have Greek. Well, this looks like ancient Greek. I have a 40 I spent. Uh, I would have to spend a substantial amount of luck to, to read that. All right. But I will. But I will. Why not? Like I said before, yes, okay. I will spend that much luck. Right. So as you are as you are staring at it and moving it around in your hand, uh, you do recognize the language, and uh, you can read it out loud if you want. I can read the gentleman. I, I can actually read this. I've been studying Greek of late, along with Mr. Gardner. We have we've shared a book uh, back and forth. It says, "I call." A Upon the one who is Yogg-Sothoth to hear my prayer. He is in the gate and the key and the, oh my, the guardian of forever. I'm afraid to touch this. This vessel has been prepared for, for you. Empty the man and, empty the man and, and fill the body. Transport my consciousness. Something, something. Prepare the way to dreams. Ayah, and then it's the Yogsathoth word again. Open the gate. And then there's a symbol in the middle that I don't quite recognize. How very unusual. Ron. Uh, you've walked over by between the bed and the bookcase. Um, you can see that there is a nightstand and there is a book that is on the nightstand. All right. I would probably try and slide open the drawer to the nightstand first and take a peek in there. Attempting okay. to do so quietly is to not draw the suspicion of the others. Okay. But in the order of things you see, you see that the book on the nightstand is it's a regular book. It's uh, it's not small. It's a, it's a fairly hefty sized book. Uh, you open up the nightstand, and you can see inside that there is a uh, uh, journal and a pen, and there are two vials. Uh, one looks like it has a whitish powder in it. And the other one looks like it has kind of a yellowish liquid. Okay. There's I'll, uh, in there. I'll take the two liquids out and uh, shove them in if I have a pocket or uh, something I can coat or something. 
And I can toss those in real quick and just kind of ruffle through the journal, pull it out and just kind of flip through generally page through, just see, see if there's anything of interest in there. Okay. Um, because you're standing on the other side of the bookcase, um, your movements of sticking stuff in your pockets, nobody notices. Okay. Um, the, uh, the little journal seems to be like a journal that he's kept for quite some time, day to day. Um, we'll get back to you if you want to actually read through a few minutes. Okay. All right. Um, Kyle, uh, you are kneeling next to the body. Uh, is there anything else you want to do? Uh, Kyle would be talking to himself saying, um... Uh, me, me and Charles, we, uh, we, we, we spent evenings together discussing the, the, the origins of the world and natural philosophy, but I didn't think he was into anything as macabre as this. Uh, I, are, the, are the black candles burnt all the way down to like the bottom? Or it looks like they left? burned until they, they, they went out naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, very likely he died before they were completely burnt out. I guess uh, I'll, I'll go over to the uh, eastern side of the room and just randomly start opening cupboards to see if there's anything else to sort of explain what happened here. Okay, I'll get back to that in a moment. Tony, what are you going to do? So did, um, did he say that out loud when he was reading the yeah okay so yeah tony's just gonna repeat the phrase where he's like empty the man and fill the body what do they mean literally and he's like he's kind of hunched over trying to see if there's like i don't know maybe like an incision or something to signify that something was put in him well um you you've already noticed that his head was cut in a spiral manner um, and and his throat cut at the end um he's dressed in a suit it's rumpled of course now and blood stained um but you would have to probably do some more physical investigation if you want to see such a thing yeah, I guess I'll uh, I'll kind of tilt his head back and see if I can get his mouth open. Okay. Um, do a luck roll. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no. Not even close. Okay. Um, well, you realize that you... You very, you, you, you might be doing more, I mean, he's dead, but you might be doing more damage uh, by moving his head in that manner because his throat has been cut still. Eesh. You're moving it back. Um, but do a spot hidden for me. That is not a pass. Okay. So you're not able to determine anything uh, other than that. Um, 
Do you want to do anything else while you're standing here? Let's just take you a moment. Um, just going to take a brief glance around the room. Like, is there any other books or papers that haven't been? Well, directly behind you is the bookcase. Um, and uh, a couple of the shelves have things on it. Um, uh, at first glance, you see books on finance and baking. You see some travel books for Greece, India, and Egypt. And you see a couple of other generic sort of occult books, um, uh, but nothing of any import. Uh, uh, you do see one fairly large tome. Uh, you read the spine, it says, Myths and Legends of Ancient Greece and Rome by E.M. Behrens. And there is one other book that is uh, The Interpretation of Dreams by Sigmund Freud. Um, you can sort of make that out because it's written in German, but the name is pretty obviously Sigmund Freud. There's also at one, one end, there's a little odd statue. Um, it's about five inches high. It's dark green, almost black. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell what it is from right where you're standing. It's kind of in the shadows, um, but you could take a closer look if you wanted to. Sure, yeah. Right. Take a look at the statue. It seems to be something maybe carved out of soapstone or, or some dark green material. Um, it looks vaguely like a big fat-headed octopus, uh, but with arms and legs um, sort of crouching on a little pedestal. What in the world is this doing here? Huh, that's strange. Didn't know he was into idols from who knows where. Pacific Islands, maybe, uh, I don't know. What'd you find there, Tony? Some sort of statue or uh, model. I don't know if he was into modeling or uh, well, it, it might be Greek. We've been talking about Greece a lot lately and traveling and such, so it's entirely possible that it's Greek or Greek in origin. Well, you would know, uh, Mr. Book Smarts. I'll leave that uh, to you. You're Mr. Business Smarts. We'll assume that you didn't pick it up. Unless you want to pick it up. Um, I mean, he looked at it, you know, he, well, he he's on it. the other side of Mr. Gardner. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. I didn't touch it. <gasps> so far, nobody has touched it. Gunter has it. Does that make you all nervous when they say things like that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> For some strange reason, you all have, and you, you all kind of want to stay away from it. Maybe because you realize the universe you're in is dark. 
I'm sorry, that's being fourth wall break, whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's see who else. Gunter, uh, you are sitting at the table. And while people are looking around, you've. And I'm keeping of... my ears open, kind of listening right. to conversations that are happening. Uh, while doing, you know, while kind of listening in, I'm like, oh, statue, I'm, I'll keep a keep a thought out to maybe check that out oh uh empty the vessel fill this one oh, that's interesting that's disturbing it's uh but i want to start kind of going through the uh, papers you know and i can kind of shadow my work with my uh, pork pie hat okay um the first letter that you find seems to be from um mr gardner's banker uh, in the, the Bank of Scotland. Uh, the letter simply states that uh, if Mr. Gardner continues uh, to spend money uh, the way that he has been, that uh, he will be completely cleaned out in about six months. Um, they highly recommend that he curtail his uh, spending. Uh, there's criticism. Why are you buying old books? Why are you uh, spending money on things like this? You really don't have that much, and and so forth. Uh, the other book, the other letter, I'm going to uh, send you an email. So I mean a, a text. Uh, so the rest of you can continue role playing while I do that. How do you think the guy? I have just a question for you, Tony. Mr. Malone, I'm sorry. How do you think the guy that attacked him got the tarp underneath him? I'm, I'm interested in your perspective on this, being a business owner and such, knowing how to move equipment. It just seems a little off. Well, yeah. I think you mentioned earlier that the door was locked. So, you know, it wasn't like, boom, door opens, you know, guy throws the top on the ground he falls on the top i mean that's something's not adding up here something's not adding Have we up. found a weapon did, did you find a weapon when you were looking around a knife or like a no i mean so obviously something cut this guy whether it was a you know short folding blade or you know a bowie knife i don't know hmm. maybe we should look for that before the police arrive, we should do, do a little work for them. I've read about all of this in Ms. Christie's books and some others. Leo, do a spot hidden. I rolled a 100. I found nothing. <laughs> nothing. Okay. I oh. unfound things. I lost my keys. <laughs> uh, uh. So Gardner, uh, Gunter, in addition to uh, uh, rifling through the papers, um, He'll he'll also go oh hmm, yeah, hmm, kind of restack them and and uh, and set them on the corner of the table. Um, he'll he'll put his pork pie back on, and uh, he'll he'll pick up and kind of look at the fedora under it inside. You know, kind of check out. Oh, that's a good hat. It's a nice fedora. And, yeah. And and does the desk have any drawers? It does not. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, so if that was if that was the complement of everything um, uh, uh, on the desk there, then uh, uh, Gunther will uh, 
stand up and go, oh, very bad business, bad business, and uh, and kind of stroll over towards the uh, sleeping area uh, just to, to see how things are uh, going over there. I, you know, it's you know the the view of that area is completely obstructed by the bookshelf. So uh, yeah, there's a natural curiosity for Gunther to kind of stroll over there and see what's going on uh, over there. All right. Um, as you're looking at the bookcase, um, it's not it's not a plain bookcase. It's a very lovely bookcase. Uh, it's made in a very ornate style. A beautiful wood carving on it, uh, which you appreciate. Um, little uh, sort of cherub angels on the side and scroll work, and um, it's very nice. There's two rows of books. Uh, that's not filled with books, however, there's lots of big gaps. You see the, the same ones that I described before, and uh, you see the little statue on the far end. Um, uh, but other than that, it's a fairly normal bookcase, as far as you're concerned. Okay. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I was actually going to be walking towards the, the sleeping area, so I'll be standing in front of the uh, wardrobe. Okay. Uh, just kind of look over there and then and then uh, open the wardrobe and just kind of, you okay. know. Well, as you step between the wardrobe and the bookshelf, uh, you see Braun uh, sitting over there uh, or standing over there, uh, you know, kind of going through uh, the, the night shelf. And um, you can also see a, a book on the nightstand. Uh, and bronze looking rather um, oddly Actually, I... uninterested in things. <laughs> um, so what's what's going on over here, youngin? Doing the same thing you guys are, just looking for clues. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. Why don't you See. both do spot hiddens for me? Eighty-seven. That is not going to do it. Ooh, ninety-nine. That is not going to do it either. Wow. You and I are not very observant today. So you're both. You're both glaring at each other. <laughs> That's about it. All right, uh, Gunter, you turn around to the wardrobe. Um, the wardrobe opens, and inside, uh, you can see a number of suits hanging there, a number of pairs of pants. Um, uh, and uh, a, a few pairs of shoes on the, the ground. Um, if you explore a little, you do notice that behind the shoes, there is a small wooden box, you know, about yay big, that's setting, a couple of the shoes might be sitting on top of it. Oh, oh my, well, what, hmm. uh, yeah, curiosity, uh, it's, uh, it's my, uh, it's my other habit, my other hobby, curiosity. So, yeah, I'll pick up the box and, um, and uh, uh, you know, open the lid. Ron, do you, um, Ron, do a, we'll just call it, we'll call it a spot hidden. Okay. Ron. That's a two, so that'll work. Nice. So you immediately see uh, Gunter pick up this box. 
Uh, Gunter, there's a lock on the box, a little one, like, you know, the kind that would have a little key to it. Hmm. 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 Playing with the lock there. Hmm. Hmm. Ron, did you want to do anything? I haven't found a, a key yet, have I? Or mm -hmm. anything anything resembling that. So I guess I guess I'll just kind of call out same question to you, Gunter. What do you got there? Nothing really. Is there an upper shelf in the uh in the wardrobe? There is not. Um uh, is the wardrobe flat on top? Well, it's got, you know, one of those scrolly things on it, but for the most part, it's flat on top. Yes. Okay. Hey, you know, I'm just going to kind of place the box up there. Just going to, you know. Okay. All right. I, uh, I'm, I guess I'll just make the comment. Well, wouldn't make much sense for a man to keep a locked box without a key somewhere around. Maybe it, maybe it's in his pocket. Who knows? I'll call over the bookcase. Why don't you check his pocket? Shake him down. Hey, Megan, take me Kyle. up on that. <laughs> yeah, good thinking. I go like rifling through his pockets. Well, you're still over 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 here, Kyle. What do you do? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll gingerly take out like a handkerchief, and then go over and um, just rifle through the pockets that are least concealed because I don't want to get digging too deep. All right. Um, takes you only a moment to realize that he has a wallet and uh, possibly a, a set of keys in, in one of his pockets. Um, there's a considerable amount of blood around it, but uh, you managed to pull both of them out. His uh, wallet has maybe $2 in it, that's all. And uh, his set of keys does, in fact, it has a room key, and it, it seems to have a small little key of some sort. I'd also okay. like you to do another spot hidden for me. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I'm going to spend two points of luck to make that a pass, if that's okay. Okay. Um, as you are retrieving the keys, uh, and you're looking rather closely, um, you're pretty sure that uh, James Gardner is laying on something. Um, it looks it, it looks oddly carved and it's black. Small. Hmm. Okay. Um, I place the handkerchief and the wallet over to the northeastern table and I shout to Gunter, Gunter, catch and lob him the keys. Okay. And then I look at Tony and say, Tony, I think he's uh I think he might be lying on something. Do you want to give me a hand here? Left in the spotty. Yeah, sure. Uh yeah, give me a second. And then he uh he walks over from the bookcase and helps him get okay body moved so you guys start to roll the body and when you do uh you realize that there is a black 
a stone dagger that's lying on the floor. It from the once again from the placement, you're pretty sure that he might have actually cut his own throat and then dropped it and then fell on it. Um, it wow. wasn't wounded by it when he fell on it, but it's it's lying there on the floor. Um, Gunter, you catch the keys. Um, you're going to open the box. Yes. Um, so I'll, I'll take I'll pull the box down from the wardrobe, and uh, with keys and box in hand, uh, kind of uh, walk towards the bed and kind of you know wave the hand uh, so that uh, Braun will uh, scoot down a bit, uh, give an old man some room. Uh, do a spot hidden for me as you do that. Ninety-three. Okay. All right. So you both sort of sit down on the bed with the box in between you. Yep. And uh, you're going to pop the lid, unlock it, and open it up. All right. Um. There are grooming items. Uh, some shoe shine, a, a little shoe shine kit. Uh, there is a sewing kit, and there is a wad of cash. Oh, my. Well, that uh, stands to reason why I would uh, want to lock something like this up. Yes, well, I, I'm fairly certain that uh, uh, Mr. Gardner has uh, uh, next of kin who will be very keen to, to receive this inheritance. Oh, sure, sure. We'll just uh, go ahead and close the box back up and set it aside, and we'll come back to it and make sure it gets to the, the rightful rightful uh, recipients. That's a very good idea. Close the box, relock it, and and I'll, I'll stand up. I'll put the keys in my pocket and start walking slowly to go put the box back inside the wardrobe. Okay. And uh, I'll go ahead while we're sitting there i'll take a look back to that that large tome on uh on the desk and see what's there okay gunter do a spot hidden for me as you're putting the box back in the wardrobe i can't roll 390 somethings in a row can i of course not of course not oh no this time a 12 ah that would be almost extreme but I'll leave it at a hard. Sending you a message. All right, Braun. The book, when you pick it up, has a title on it. The title is The Dreamer's Dictionary. Dreamer's Dictionary. Okay. Um, and I would I would know that Leo owns a bookstore, right? Just for conversation. Correct. Okay. So I'll I'll go ahead and pick up the book and and uh, walk back around the bookshelf and call Leo over and say something to the effect of uh, Leo, I'm, you recognize anything like this? How much how much a book like this go for in your shop? Ugh. Oh my, Braun, you found 
one of the three books that he has of mine here right now. Uh, I actually do have the receipt back for the loan back in the in my shop. That's it's actually there's been about ten thousand copies of it. I'm sure across Europe made. It isn't extremely rare, but it's very important to the history of European occult studies and dream studies. It's a very, it's a very important book. Sounds like a bunch of boring book bookworm stuff. I, I was just interested in how much something like that would go for. Uh, right now, I had it for sale for $15, 15 whole dollars, and I dropped the sale to $5. I dropped the sale to $2. I was hoping that someone would walk in and buy it. And when Mr. Gardner came in, I just said, you can borrow it. Well, it doesn't seem exactly like very interesting light reading right before bed, but it was on his nightstand. <laughs> it's one of those books, those psychology books where it tells you what your dreams mean. If you have a dream about your mother, it means you want to be a farmer or something like that. Ron, do a an idea roll. 98. I am fresh out of thoughts. Ron doesn't think about things. <laughs> Just not very deeply. <laughs> Unthink things. That's right. All right, Kyle, what do you want to do? What are you doing? Uh, I'll ask the other fellas. Uh, anything anything useful in that, that box? Uh, not much that would concern us. Probably something that his uh, descendants are going to be looking for. Uh, yeah. Leo, you said you sure. were close. Does he have any family? If I, Do I know that, I don't. I don't want to have exaggerated. I, I said a lot of cash. Probably a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks. Nineteen hmm. thirties. That's a lot of cash. That's a lot of cash. Mm -hmm. But he asked me, would I? Would I actually know if we've been hanging out and being? colleagues of sorts has he ever mentioned family not really. no he hasn't mentioned it we, we, we we're colleagues more so than friends i mean we all live in the same building he just we found a common interest in greek language greek mythology traveling through europe dreams psychology we talked a bit about that but we didn't get into the personal things mary mary will find the family it will be fine yes i'm sure he, he left a contact information with her How i didn't know i didn't know that mr gardner collected art uh and you know remembering the statue that was mentioned earlier gunther will uh, walk around and kind of shimmy past uh uh gunther's uh dead foot there and uh get to the uh book bookshelf and uh and actually he does want to pick it up and, and look at it and goes, okay. what? What a very strange... Um, no, that's not what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you reach for it and your fingers come into contact with it. Gunter, you suddenly find yourself in a place where it's very dim, dark, bluish green um, there's a tremendous amount of pressure pushing down on you and as you gasp you realize there are bubbles coming out of your mouth that somehow you are on the bottom of the ocean what um, do a luck roll 
negative. Uh, I have a luck. Uh, I have low luck, and I rolled really high. Okay. Um, the rest of you standing in the room, uh, you suddenly notice Gunter uh, reach for that that statuette, and he has grasped it, and he suddenly starts jerking and grabbing his throat. Uh, like he can't breathe. What do you all do? I guess some of you are on the other side of the bookcase. You can't really get to him. But oh, it's like he's God. having a fit or an attack. I'm not near him. I don't think. You're still over by the body, though, right? Which yeah, is right yeah I'm where still he, by the body. That, that's yeah. right where he is. Oh, I see. I if I see him shaking like this, I'll I'll, I'll hit his arm. I'll whack his arm. Okay, do a luck roll. That's not a 10. Hold on. It's a 19. It's actually a success with the very okay. Oh, no, it's not. No, because I spent 18 luck. I have 17 luck. <laughs> so what nope. do you need to, to make it? A one. I need one luck. Are you going to spend the one luck? <laughs> I only have 17 luck. I started with... Can't spend luck on luck. I can't spend oh, that's luck true. on a you luck roll. Luck luck. Yeah, and, and I only have, yeah, so. Um, so the rest of you now see Leo grab Gunter by the arm, uh, but Gunter won't leave. He won't let go of the statue. And you start to notice water dribbling oh. out of Gunter's mouth. Do any, does anybody else want to do anything? Yeah, I'll uh... pile on. Yeah, I'll stand up from Gardner's body and just kind of like bull rush him, you know, just. All right. Um, I'm just going to say that you hit him pretty hard then. Um, the Gunter is an old man, but you hit him uh, <laughs> and you just luckily knock the statue out of his hand. And when that happens, uh, Gunter, you're suddenly back in the room uh, you seem to be <coughs> choking on liquid in your mouth, salty, salty water. Um, you've been pummeled. So you've sort of been pummeled up against the bookcase, um, but you're back and you can breathe again. Thank you. Save me. Gun. <laughs> Am I wet? Uh, around your face, yes. Uh, and uh, Tony, he dropped the little statue on the floor. What do you want to do? Um, put that back before the cops come. <laughs> well, I'm checking on Gunter, making sure he's okay. Ron, do an appraise roll. <sighs> 33. That's good. Yeah, you're pretty sure that little green statue is probably made out of something that's valuable. If anybody looks like they're looking at it or whatever, uh, don't touch it. Oh, oh, don't touch it. Oh. Gunter, what, what the hell happened? Uh, oh, I was drowning. Drowning. Oh, what? 
It's what? ridiculous. Oh, I need to lay down. And I start working my way back around to go lay down on the bed. Oh. All right. I'll, I'll kind of grab him by the arm and help him get over there, make his way over. Okay. Gun, then Gunter and Braun once again do a spot they can find. It's over there a leopard or something you guys are seeing? I know it's a leopard. A zero four. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, Gunter, just, just as you get there, um, you realize something slightly odd. One is that the bed is made, but there's a kind of an indentation in it as if Gardner had been laying on top of it, but he hadn't gotten into bed. And in fact, you can sort of see remnants of dust, like he hasn't been sleeping in the bed for maybe a long time. Hmm. Okay. And then you and then you lay down and uh, destroy that evidence. <laughs> <laughs> while I'm uh, while I'm over helping getting him into the bed, is the the journal still over by the nightstand? No, you kind of pocketed that, didn't okay. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is there is there an opportunity for me to pull it back out and kind of leaf leaf back through it? I'm just looking for yes. Maybe yeah. you're sitting now next to uh, Gunter. Uh, as he's recovering and you you pull the book out and you open it um uh you're sitting there for a couple of minutes and uh this is what you read Gunther, you're you're not going to believe this i found this little book in the nightstand and well, there's this awfully strange entry in here it says the dream it's, journal it's, of it's multiple entries you oh very this good. is as you're reading yeah. i just the uh, dream journal of james gardner this handwritten journal can oh uh, as i look at this you know i'll just read you a couple of the entries in the beginning james gardner recorded an entry about three times a week for many months he made each entry after having a vivid dream he begins referring to this other reality as the dreamlands he describes his experiences as both marvelous and bizarre and very real then the dream suddenly stopped about three months ago. His entries during this period express great frustration. No dreams again. This goes on for many weeks. About 10 days ago, he writes, at last my prayers have been heard. I found myself in a palace of blue crystal upon a raised platform, a throne, and on the throne, a being that shimmered with strange light. He told me things, marvelous things. Gardner then described nightly dreams wherein he sees the same entity each time in a different setting, but always the same being. It whispers secrets in his ears. The entity promises to show him a path that will lead him to the dreamlands, but he must perform certain rituals and sacrifices first, some of them very painful. Gardner makes a statement. Now that little monk makes more sense and the meaning becomes clear. To leave the body, one must objectively ignore the body. Pain is a distraction. You lose one point of sanity. You gain two percent on your occult skill. Well, you do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you read that? That last part. <laughs> it says that in the margins. Gardner left that little note for me. So, Braun has not actually read this out loud to you, and he becomes. Um, suddenly a bit distressed. Um, 
by what he's read. It's bizarre, the entries in the book. All right. Tony. So oh, go ahead. Okay. go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, I'm kind of taken aback by what I just read. And, and of course, I remember that the book I just handed to Leo um, referenced how to interpret dreams. And so I'll, I'll just kind of shakily call out to him, Leo, could you, could you make your way over here for a second? Yes, of course. Um, what, what's going on? How are you doing, Gunter? I hope you're okay. I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm not easily shaken. I, I, I just, just read this and I'll, I'll kind of open the page to, to what, and I'll, I'll show this to him. It says it could be read in about 10 minutes. So I'll just be like, just make your way through this. You said, you know, things about dreams. I'll skim through it. I, I guess probably fast reader being a book person. Once I skim through it, I guess I'd say this is, this is interesting because a lot of the stories that are in books that we've both discussed are about dreams and dreams and dreams within dreams and going into dream lands to speak to others. It's, it's a, it's a common though somewhat quiet thing in Europe, especially this discussion of dream lands and such. I just, I, I don't, I think it's all just gobbledygook myth, myths and legends and such from Europe, but very interesting that he would write about it as if it was real. What's he talking about? Just just ignoring his pain. I mean, I, he, he couldn't have really done that to himself, could he? Mm, did he seem, uh, just offhand questioning the, the GM here, did he seem strange any recently at all to me? Or is it nothing? Well, he's always been reclusive. He's always been kind of unwilling to talk about things. He's always said odd little disturbing bits and pieces he's a very you'd call him a very dark person mm -hmm. um uh, but if you thought it was a kind of a fad uh now that you see this on the ground in front of you um mm -hmm. obviously he took it really seriously okay. um but without getting into details then i'll relay that that he's he's been the dark person we've had lots of discussions intellectual conversations about things but he's always been a little bit mm, something going on back there a little dark and not sinister but mm, questionable so can we take a second to kind of share our general findings with the group just to make sure everybody's yeah. up to speed at that point sure mm -hmm. awesome tony what would you like to do um at this point he's kind of um it's kind of snapped out of this whole, you know, statue thing. Gathered his bearings a little bit, and he seems very intent on searching for something, like, like as if he's missing something of his of his. You know, he's like checking on the table, on the uh, the nightstand. All and right. seeing if so if tony you there. are you are looking around the room to see if you can find anything um i i apologize i realized that early on in the game prawn said that he was going to look in the cabinets up above the ones that uh, are on the east oh yeah i, was I, I thought that was kyle i, I can well maybe it was kyle i completely forgot about that somebody said that. 
So yeah, I think I was point, just scanning the room. I think Kyle was actually the one who was going to look in the cabinets. So at this point, we'll just say that, that Kyle got distracted by something. So nobody's actually looked in the cabinets. I'll assume, Tony, that you are walking over because you are looking for something. And you guys all, since he said that, you guys are all noticed that he seems to be preoccupied with looking for something. Uh, Tony, do a luck roll when you go over to the cabinets. And that is I don't believe that's going to do it. Nope. Okay. Um, you go to the first cabinet and you open it up. And as you're opening it, you hear a scraping noise, uh, like the sound of glass on wood. And before you can stop it from happening, a pickle jar filled with pennies slides out of the cabinet and hits the ground at your feet and shatters into a million pieces. Pennies go everywhere. I think I, I've, I forgot to do sanity rolls along the way, but I think at this point it scares the shit out of everybody. So you can all do a sanity roll. <laughs> Maybe we could say it's the 1930s. You've all seen dead bodies. Up to pass. Pass. To pass for me. All right. If, if you pass, take one point. If you fail, take two. And you all jump. Um, other than that, Tony, when you look through the cabinets, there's food and there's stuff like that, but not the not the things that you're looking for. Okay. Whoa, jeez, what? That was a scare. Um, Leo, what would you like to do next? Well. I'll just I'll say out loud to the gentleman. I said, gentlemen, before the police come, I don't know if Gunter has borrowed any things from you, but he certainly has borrowed a couple of books from me. They're not of extreme value. But you mean you mean I James mean, Gardner has? So James Gardner. I'm sorry, James Gardner. Mr. Gardner has borrowed a few books from me. I really I have some interest from some buyers, and if you see anything that is like related to Greek language and legends. I'd really appreciate it because I'd like to I'd like to take those back to the shop before the buyers arrive. The, I mean, this this one here is not of importance compared to those, and I, I certainly, if you see anything, I I, I just like to liberate them from here before the police arrive. Kyle, do a luck roll. Actually, do an intelligence intelligence roll. Intelligence. Well, I don't know if that's going to cut it. Let's see. Oh, it is. It's a regular pass. Okay. Um, you have always been fascinated by mysteries and uh, things like that. So you start thinking about deductive reason. You realize this room is not very big. That obviously there's nothing in the cabinets. Um, the wardrobe has been searched. 
uh, the bookcase, uh, you look for the books that are on the bookcase. Um, there's nothing under the bed. Uh, the nightstand's been searched. The the table with the plate. I mean, uh, there's only so many places you could hide something. Mm. And as you look around the room, the only place where you might be able to hide something substantial is the base of the bookcase. It's rather ornate. The bottom shelf is probably a foot uh, a foot off the ground where it starts, and the rest of it's all this you know fancy wooden carved scroll work. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, I sort of bring the ornate dagger out to the side so that everyone else can see it, and uh, having this light bulb light up, I walk over to the base of the the wardrobe. Did you say? It was at no the um the bookcase, the bookcase. Sorry, and uh, I'll crouch down and I'll sort of knock it to see if I can hear anything that's hollow. Um, yeah, it sounds like there might be uh, hidden drawers or something in the base of it. the The knife, by the way, is made out of a shiny black glass material, obsidian, maybe. Yeah. Is it like it's razor sharp, I take it? Razor sharp, yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess while I'm over there, I'll try to look for um, a latch or an unlocking mechanism of some sort. All right, do a luck roll on that one. Nope, that's a 95. <laughs> Nothing seems obvious, uh, but Gunter, uh, by this point, you are kind of sitting up. You're, you've recovered. And you notice Kyle is looking at the woodworking rather intently on the bookcase. Um, hmm. I believe you have some knowledge of wood carving. I do. I, I, I am an experienced woodworker. It's a, it's a fun, relaxing hobby. It's good for the mind and hands. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll follow the... Uh, the the scrolling and the filigrees and see if there's any kind of uh, uh, disguised uh, release you know button latch release any kind of edging for uh, drawers that kind of thing and see if I can uh, discern help out Kyle there okay um, it takes you very little time uh, there's only so many places you can hide such a thing. But uh, near the head of one of the little cherubs, there is some flower work. And you realize the center of one of the flowers, you push it, and a drawer at the base pops out. Now, when that happens, what you see immediately inside the drawer is you see um, what looks like a lexicon, uh, a Greek-English. Uh, lexicon, fairly thick and ponderous. Um, you see two accounting ledgers and you see um, something that might be a book wrapped in uh, purple silk. Um, and next to it is another obsidian dagger. Looks exactly like the one that uh, Kyle has. And Gunther will just stand up and go, my goodness. 
Well thought, Mr. Schmidt. Have a look at this. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. All right. The, um, the primer uh, uh, is an a English-Greek lexicon. It is uh, one of the books, Leo, that is missing. Yeah, uh, I, and I call for all the gentlemen to to see. Look what has look what we've discovered. My my goodness, Mr. Gardner had even more secrets he held. Uh, there are two uh, kind of dark green leather ledgers, which you have no idea what those are. Oh, hey, uh, let me take a look at those. I might be able to, uh, to see what's going on there. May I? And yeah. he kind of like I'm reaches pass them, pass, pass them over. Right. Well, that, 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 that primer in Greek, that's one of my books. I'm, I'm sorry, gentlemen. I, I can certainly provide the invoice if you need to see it. The other obsidian knife, uh, brawn. Uh, you can do an appraise roll. Yep. Eighty-two. My appraise is pretty damn high, but it's not that high. <laughs> okay. But they're probably worth something. And then there's something wrapped in blue and purple uh, silk. What do you do with that? Who picks that up? I'll uh, I'll pack it up and uh, unravel it. All right. It seems to be a old, ponderous-looking book. Um, it has latches to keep it flat. Uh, the paper inside is obviously parchment. Uh, and Leo, you don't, I don't think you know what this is. I can't oh remember. Oh my. No, I, I, I don't know of this. Can I, just glancing at, over his shoulder, assess it's, what it is? It, it looks like a very old book, probably... Uh, 17th century, um, a beautiful uh, uh, leather binding, uh, but nothing written on the cover. You have to open it up. Here, Leo, uh, this seems more your area of expertise, and then I set it flat on the bed for him. I, I, I flip open the cover carefully, as carefully as I can, to, so I can appraise it, perhaps. Okay. Uh, it takes you a few minutes um, uh, to uh, look through the book. This is what you can determine by looking at it. Can you read that okay, Sean? Yes, do you wish me to relay yes, it? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Mm, gentlemen, this, this seems to be written... Hmm, this, is, this is an ancient book. An ancient text, rather. It's a copy from 1658, if you can believe that. Uh, written by a Greek monk? It, it's a little confusing. Um, I'm flipping through it. I'm, I, I, it's, it's, it's all over the place. It's about dreams, similar to other this other book that I have. Uh, they seem to be crossover. Something about Oniara Kora, the dream country, the monk being able to cross back and forth from our world to there. And something about a, another, uh, it speaks of another dream book. It's his, his scribbling text here is an attempt to copy what was seen in that book. 
the language apparently is something that we we can't conceive of or read. But if you're dreaming it, you can read it, he says. And, and, and there's a bookmark here, a bookmark. Uh, this page has been marked, and it seems to be instructions on how to enter these dreamlands, similar to the way, what are we speaking of in his, his, his journals there? There's a diagram and text. Uh, it, it's similar to like that paper that we found the, that I, we found that I translated for you on the candles that run that was written in, in older ancient Greek. And there's a diagram. Oh my gosh! Oh oh, look at this. There's a diagram here, and I'll show them the diagram with spiral cuts or spirals on the body that are very similar to what we found in Mr. Gardner. This is very frightening. Now the the, the diagram with the, the spirals all over it. The spirals are all over the body. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, uh, if any of you see that diagram, who was looking at uh, chains, well, Kyle especially, um, there was something here on the diagram that you think you might have seen uh, a, a scar. Always these little spirals. There should be spirals on his arms and his legs and his back, and his front. Roll up his sleeves. Roll up Mr. Gardner's sleeves, perhaps, and see if this is similar. If he's done these things to himself. We should we should we should look quickly. At least. Yeah. I'll I'll go over and uh I'll follow through on uh, Mr. Clark's suggestion. Uh yes indeed. Uh he has scarification all over his body, uh where his shirt and his uh, suit cover. Um some of it looks more recent, some of it much older, weeks old. But he's, he seems uh, to have done this all over himself. Yeah, he, he's obviously been planning for this for a while, it seems. Oh, this is horrible. Poor Mr. Gardner. What has he gotten himself into? Sad. This is not the way of the good book, that is for sure. I didn't think he would go this far. I think we should we should put things back where they were and take. Do we want Mr. Gardner's memory to be that he was involved in these things, or should we perhaps move these things elsewhere and leave the police to their business? I don't know that we're quite done searching yet. I feel like we've started to get a picture of what's going on here, but. There's all these cabinets up on the walls as well. The cabinets are, have been searched. They just have food. And things. Okay, like very good. And pennies. Yeah, I was about to say, was that the only <laughs> was that the only trap surprise in there? So, yeah, penny trap. Well, in that case, right. I let's let's establish where everybody is. Tony, where are you at the moment, standing? Um. I guess I'm kind of looking at the two green ledgers uh, a little bit away from where the the bookcase was. Okay. So let's say over by the wardrobe at the foot of the bed. Yeah. Okay. Gunter, you are sitting on the bed, I believe, or standing well, on the bookcase. Yeah, I was probably standing over. I I backed up to give them because after I found the secret drawer. I backed up so that everyone else could have uh, 
access to it. So I'm probably over by the wardrobe. Okay. You know, looking at Tony with the ledgers, um, we'll say. Um, Kyle, where are you at the moment? Um, I had just rolled up his sleeve, so I guessed just on the uh, on the right side of him between the two tables. Okay. And Braun, where are you? Yeah, I think uh, I was bending over trying to take a look at the diagram over by the bookcase, so I guess I would probably have shuffled my way towards the door if we're all kind of hunched in that area. Okay. And to Lee, where are you standing? If I picked up the book somewhere near the it was at the, underneath the bookcase. I'm sure right. I'm, I'm turned around now watching them examine the body. I've essentially just turned myself around. Okay. So Leo and Kyle and Braun, you're kind of um, near the body. Uh, uh, Gunter and Tony, you are by the wardrobe. Leo, Kyle, and Braun do spot hidden struggle. 93. That's an extreme three. I got a hard success. Okay. Leo and Kyle, um, you suddenly uh, stiffen up and stand looking down at the body as you see Mr. Gardner's hand twitch. Oh my. You can do, you can do sanity rules. I slide back shift. just like that. And Braun, you just noticed him suddenly jump up. What's, what's that oh. all about? Oh, I failed. So I bad. failed too. 93. 1d4. Uh, did I see them jump or did I see the hand move? No, you saw them jump. You okay. didn't see the hand. You don't know why they jumped. Two points of solid damage for me. Oh, three for me. Okay. Uh, the rest of you also notice them jump back. Um, Bron, yep. you probably, if you weren't already standing, you probably immediately stand up and you're looking at them. They, they, they look white as a sheet. Okay. Gentlemen, what's going on? His finger moved. His fingers moved. Mr. Gardner's not dead. What? Not dead. What are you talking fingers about? Moved. His fingers moved. He twitched. Suddenly, Mr. Gardner's arm moves, and he puts his hand down on the ground, and you can sort of hear the the sticky, uh, dried blood crackling and um, and pulling loose as Mr. Gardner's other hand moves to position itself so that he can start to get up. And and as you, you the rest of you can use sanity goals now too. Quick question, GM, is there a fire escape outside the window I opened? There is not. You Damn are on it. the third floor. <laughs> That's a fail. All right, oh. if you fail, 1D4. Uh, if you if you made it, take two points. What the hell is going on? Oh, as James Gardner begins to stand up, there's a moment 
when you are all, I mean, you're horrified and you're concerned and you're looking at him and the skin on his face starts peeling off as the spiral sort of undoes itself and it falls in a big flap onto his chest and there's just a skull there and there seems to be sort of a red glow in the eyes and I'll do sanity rolls again. <laughs> Failed. No. That's a pass. Pass. Okay. Pass. If you fail, 1d8. Uh, if you uh, if you succeed, one d six. Oh, oh, two. Also five. Okay. <laughs> okay. If you got more than five, or you got five or more, do an intelligence roll. Five or more. Uh, hit sand point, loss. Uh, sand, sand loss. Oh, oh, oh. Total since the beginning of the game? No, since oh, in this oh. one roll. Oh, no, 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 two. So I passed. You you passed your intelligence. That is yes. bad. All right. Now you can do a 1d8. Okay. Yeah, I did the same. You passed 1d8. <sighs> that is a two. Uh, Braun. Um, something inside your head snaps and you decide to make a run for it. Okay. Um, you dive for the door and you flee out the door, you run down the stairs, you run down the next stairs, run down the next stairs, out into the street and you are running uh, for 1d10 rounds. An absolute you're, you're probably screaming all the way. You make that sound like it's a bad thing. It's not. He got it's away. actually probably the best thing. So that's a zero. So I'm assuming that is 10. That's 10. For 10 that's rounds, 10. you're going to run. Oh, boy. When you get to the end of that 10 rounds, you're going to collapse in the street. And if you don't pass your constitution roll, you're going to pass out. And 10, 10 rounds, rounds that's, you're at the harbor and yeah Florida. you're at the harbor that's some that's some forrest gump level cardio here in massachusetts <laughs> that's right. and i just kept running uh tony um it was uh, a six what'd you get i got a six six um considering your past considering uh, the people that you work with, you suddenly become extremely suspicious that all of these people in this room are fucking with you. Um, you become extremely paranoid uh, for 1d10 rounds. Um, you, can, you can act and react however you want as a paranoid individual. Um, the rest of you. <clears throat> All right. This thing, um, there's a moment when it looks almost predatory and it looks around the room. And who has the big book? Is it on the Which bed? 
Leo. Big, yeah, on the bad, or Leo has it. <laughs> which is the big book? The one with the, the diet? The, the, the dream the, one, the, the Greek. Oh. Uh, the oh, Greek. By the monk. The, the one, I, I mean, <laughs> All right. You see, it looks at the book. And when it does, it starts to move in your direction. Um, <laughs> Here you go. What do you do? Get can I hand it to him? Can I? Sure. I, I will try that. All right. Um, and, and, and I want to establish Gunther is like, oh God, no, no. And he's like scooting along the wall. His shoulders on the wall, and he's he's doing his best to shuffle uh, his feet as he's trying to get to the door to to get out and head back to his apartment. Okay. I know what, it, as a book store owner, I know what it's like when someone sees someone else holding their book. I'm, I'm like, here, I found this. All right, you hold it out, and the thing reaches for it and yanks it from your hands. Um, and when it does, it suddenly sort of rears back and thrusts forward and opens its mouth, and this sound comes out of its mouth, this screeching, horrible high-pitched noise that is almost deafening uh you can all do constitution rolls except for braun he is far far he, you probably hear it when you're in the street but your mind is <laughs> i'm otherwise engaged <laughs> i made it by one I, I will spend two luck to make it a hard success okay you don't have to do that it's just if you pass up, you don't start vomiting and uh, and falling to your knees. You're, you're you're managing to to get you know put your hands up and get the hell away from it. Um, the creature then turns towards the open window. Do any of you want to do anything? Gunther's doing to his best to mall walk his way out of this room. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm just a little student. I'm doing the same. <laughs> At the same time, you all can hear something outside. You heard, you you heard Braun run down the stairs, but somebody is coming up the stairs. And just as the police, uh, two cops come running up with their guns drawn, hearing the bizarre screech from downstairs, um, this thing that was James Gardner leaps onto the windowsill. It turns back and looks at you and then it leaps out into the street. And if any of you look outside and the police are freaked out, there's blood everywhere. And suddenly did they the see it? They did see it. Um, oh, one of them runs over and starts shooting out the window at whatever that fuck that thing was. But it's gone. It, it runs down the street and disappears into the, the town. And that's technically the end of the story. <laughs> that's awesome. That was great. That was really good. <laughs> All right. This is so gross. So <laughs> nice. I'll give you some explanations. It didn't take us two hours. It took us an hour and a half, but some explanations. Um, James Gardner uh, had been playing around in the dreamlands. And as so many times it happens in Lovecraft stories, he was cut off. 
and he couldn't get back. At which point, an entity, a very dark and malevolent entity of some sort, um, found him. And it convinced him that if he performed certain rituals, uh, scarification and blood, uh, he would be able to get back into the dreamlands. And the creature actually gave him how to do this and so forth. But the creature was lying to him. No. What the creature wanted was it was trapped in the dreamlands and it wanted to get back out into the real world. So it was basically preparing his, by getting him to prepare his own body so that the creature could then possess his body. And the, the final thing that he had to do was cut his own throat after cutting the spiral into his head. He cuts his own throat with the obsidian dagger and all that, and he dies. And then a couple days go by and it resurrects with this monster inside, which is a very powerful glitch wizard thing. Um, okay. And then, then it recovered its book and it lived out the window. Now you've released it on the world and it's out there somewhere going to do something. Great job, Leo. Um, Did my part. I love that. I love that reaction, though. Just the hand, hand over the book. That's great. This, <laughs> this, this is the fifth time I've run this and nobody has ever handed the creature Book, which <laughs> I had nowhere to go. I thought he wants the book. It's like the smartest decision. I know that was brilliant. <laughs> it would have gone through you to get the book. So yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it had me it whenever its face peeled off and screamed at us. <laughs> there are some things that not all of you know. Um, so one is Gunter. Uh, when Gunter was looking around in the wardrobe, he found a thirty-eight revolver that was loaded. So he could have shot the thing, but he didn't do that. <laughs> um, Tony's character. You, why don't you tell Tony? Why don't you tell him uh, what was going on with you? Tony's a florist. Gunter knew. Oh yeah. So whoever got the ledgers, I think it was Gunter. Well, Gunter. Gunter found a letter that you had written to James Gardner about where the hell are my ledgers. Oh, okay, yeah. So Gunter figured that out when he was reading <laughs> correspondence. Um, and then, the, like, the obsidian blades were... Right, like, they didn't know I, I had to that. get them for those. Or I had to get those for him. Right, James Gardner asked if Tony could obtain the obsidian daggers, and in payment, he was then doctoring uh, Tony's book book keeping because Tony had had embezzled money from the mob and was now in big deep shit. Um, Tony's interesting an interesting character because what Tony's been doing is legally supplying grain to restaurants. The, gr the restaurants are then turning it into alcohol. So he was skirting the law by saying i'm not doing anything illegal you know um kyle uh why don't you describe your character's relationship with gardner sort of <laughs> uh yes yeah, so uh kyle as far as kyle was aware he he uh he spent more time with him than anyone else in the building and he was secretly in love with james as well but he wasn't sure if he uh 
if the feeling was mutual. Um, but yeah, that he was pretty much in love with him and he was terrified of anyone else finding out. So he did his best to conceal his his reaction as best as he could when he seen the body. Previous versions of Kyle have practically thrown themselves on the body. Oh my God, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't control themselves. Um, Braun, Braun's a thief. Yeah. Braun was looking for anything in the room that he could get his hands on, that he could then resell. He even figured, he probably was even figuring that once they got the body out, He'd come in here and get that carpet in the middle of the night and sell it. It's exactly. I, I was literally taking notes about the things that you said were expensive in the room. And right. it, I was so disappointed when uh, Gunter pocketed the keys. I was like, I'm coming back. I was, I was thinking about if I could get the keys out of Gunter's pocket to get that cash. So, I figured so you'd actually, try to get the box. So actually, <laughs> when I opened up the secret drawer and then I backed up so everyone else could go into the secret drawer and see what's in there, I wrote a note to uh, to Tom saying, I go to the uh, wardrobe and I get the cash while everyone else is uh, huh. diving into the drawer and they're rooting through the drawer and doing stuff in there. I've, I've got my back turned. I'm like getting cash out of the uh, box. I, I missed that, but cool. It's 168 <laughs> bucks, which is <laughs> nice. Cool. Um, what Braun found in the, uh, the drawer over by the nightstand was cocaine and laudanum which uh james was using to sleep and then leo is the least interesting he just has the books <laughs> well it was interesting i told you guys all the truth i told you he was a colleague he came and discussed you know greek language and history he also discussed dreams he was obsessed with dreams and yes the book that you know like braun gave me it that i said was the least valuable of course it was the most valuable book it's the one i had a buyer who wanted to purchase so i played up the other two books and slipped that in my pocket because i had if i sold that i would have enough money to keep my business going for six months because it's you know middle of the depression i'm having some problems making ends meet and you know, sell that book and as soon as i saw that silk wrapped one i thought this could probably keep me oh yeah right yeah <laughs> So, um, the original is written. It has two other characters, both of which I scrapped, um, only because one of them was a, a, a cop, uh, which somebody runs out on the streets and finds a beat cop and brings him back. And the other one was the landlord herself. And the problem with both of those characters was both the cop and the landlord wouldn't let people uh, search through the room. You know, so it was like game was over <laughs> before it even started. And too many people in the room to begin with. Yeah, that's, right. that's a lot of people. So, um, in the in the in in past episodes too, uh, the the police have gotten there while the people were fighting with the monster, and um, managed to kill it in most cases, shoot it multiple times with guns. Uh, once the police are involved, they can pretty much dispatch it, but. Uh, you're the first one that it's gotten out. Um, and I keep wondering why nobody rushes it and 
shoved it out the window. <laughs> you actually opened the window, and I was like, oh, that's perfect. They can just shove it out the I window. I was thinking escape. As soon as I opened the window, I thought, the smell goes out of the dead body, but also maybe there's a, there's a fire escape, and there wasn't one. <laughs> anyway, let me go ahead and finish. Our players included John Hook, uh, Max Laudermilch, uh, Sean Little, Josh Hook, Josh Houck, and uh, Mark Anthony with myself as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members, you can uh, set up private games, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. There's a link below. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account just a dollar to a month. Helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Duty role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.